Hey guys, I want to welcome you back to Leadership with Pastor Carlos. We're excited to get back into our leadership podcast. Uh, this week we're going to take a look at uh, something that I believe is really close to Pastor Carlos's heart. Is uh, Recently we just kind of went through a rebrand here at iChurch. Uh, so we're going to kind of dive into just the restructure almost of, of an organization and looking at those things and how can we inspire others as leaders uh, so right off the bat, uh, Pastor Carlos, as a leader, how was it for you to to kind of take on this rebrand um, and kind of get uh, your leadership and your uh, members of the church to kind of just grab a hold of this new rebrand? Well, what, the first time the rebranding concept came to me, it, it kind of hit me like left side. It was I was blindsided on it because I was pretty convinced that we were good not great and i knew we needed improvements but it kind of like worked on me at first because i'm like man rebrand that could hurt us that could help us so i did a little bit of research believe it or not this idea of rebranding wasn't born in my heart it was actually born in the millennials of our congregation the younger people i went to them and i i remember hearing a podcast i believe it was craig rochelle which i recommend to everybody out there if you want to hear a great leadership podcast craig rochelle's is awesome it's the best 15 minutes of your day and he mentioned that somebody asked him um in and it wasn't in his podcast and now i remember it was five questions to a leader they asked him where are you learning and this is what he answered he said, where are you learning now? And he said, I learned from Rick Warren. I learned from Bill Hybels. I learned, he mentioned a whole bunch of people, he says, in the day. And even though they're great men now, I'm, today I'm learning from the people under me, not the people above me. He says, mm-hmm. I'm returning to the younger people and I'm asking them. And I adapted that. I adopted that. Like I have a meeting coming up in about a week and a half where I'm bringing in all the young you know, young adults of our congregation, our college students, our high school students, and I'm asking them to challenge our systems. Well, something like that happened. And one of the challenges, you know, we were in a meeting in a think tank, which is a room we have. We actually were recording right next to it. And in the think tank, we, we sat down and we were, we were literally brainstorming. And in the brainstorming session, what happened was that um, I challenged, I said, what's, what's, what's not great about our organization? And it, nobody gave an answer. And I said, come on, guys, freely, what's not great? What needs to be? And one of the things they mentioned was our image. They said, we are better than what our image projects we are. If the people outside knew how we were inside, it would move much better. So, so we took on the task, and it was my son Christian, actually, an 18-year-old that said, I'll take it on. And he took on the rebranding concept. And he brought it to me. And when he brought it to me, I was immediately impregnated with it. I was like, this is it. This is something that needs to be done. Now, transferring it from there to leadership, that's a whole different ballgame because people grow attached. People say like, you know, you, you probably have your favorite shirt and you have your favorite pants and your favorite mug. You know, there's things that you just like, right? Well, people in iChurch are passionate about the church. So now I got to tell them, hey, guys, you're passionate about the church, but we got to kind of up our image a little and make it a little more modern. And here's what I did. Like any change, it needed to be something that was brought. I I heard this the other day. I can't remember who said it, but they said, people don't hate change. People hate unexplained change. So explaining with transparency to everybody what was in my heart was what made it important. I would not allow rebranding, and it took like, like six to eight months to design. I did not allow a new logo. I did not allow a new image. I did not allow it until I was convicted that it wasn't just another 
you know, little emblem, a little little design. It had to be something that to me was like, man, that's good. Man, that's important. Look, that's what we are. When it hit me and I was on fire about it, then the rest caught on. They were like, oh, man, and they started seeing it. And I would ask them, what do you see? And they started contributing their ideas. And they were participants. So there's little things in the whole rebranding process, materials, shirts, um, logos, images, systems that that literally everybody had a little piece in. Mm. All our leadership, the, the majority of it. And that made a difference. So I think that having them, first of all, it meaning something to me was important. And second, them participating of it was important. So when you're going to bring something with passion as a leader, make sure it's you're passionate about it first and then make sure people feel part of what you're doing next because if not, it's going to flop. Oh, man, that's crucial. So kind of touching on that because I feel like we've got people on the hook now just thinking about, man, what is their new logo? What is their rebrand? What is What does that consist of? Can you just explain uh, for the folks listening, uh, what our new logo is and the image that iChurch has taken on now. Yes. Um, the If you want to see it, you got to go online. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on our webpage. And um, it's it's just for the logo. Everything had a purpose. But our core values, our church core values are pastoral. It's passionate, affectionate, serving, totally in, orderly, radical, approved, and logistical. That's what we are. We believe in these eight concepts that what is what we are, and it's pastoral, and it translates to English and Spanish, the word. We needed to show each and every one of these eight concepts in one. That's where the octagon came in, eight, eight sides. Um, each side represents one of our core values. Then what really happened was that after months and months, one night, like at 1 a.m., I'm in bed. And my son knocks on the door and he comes in. He works with our graphic arts department. And he says, hey, I got to show you something. And he walks in and he hadn't hit anything, man. Nothing worked. He walks in. I was given a crown uh, that that's, it, it's, it, it illustrates. It's, a, it's literally a physical crown with thorns. And it illustrates the crown that was put on Jesus Christ. It's, it's a replica of. And they imported it from somewhere in Jerusalem years ago. And the year, the time they gave it to me, I was visiting North Carolina for the first time. And that's where our church is based in Hickory, North Carolina. And um, they gave me that crown as a gift after I preached here. And then I came back years later to start a church here. And he saw the crown. And the crown, he put it inside the octagon. And, and then he put the thorns around it. So when you look at our logo, you see the crown in our core values because the crown represents the passion you know, the sacrifice, everything. That, the reason we exist as Christians because of Christ. He's the center of all. So that crown is right in our core values. Our core values depend on that. And in the middle has IC, which is not just our name, I Church, but it's also the the the, the, the staff and the crown because it represents what it did to Jesus. You know, so his sacrifice, his, what the reason we have what we have today is because he died for us on the cross. So he's the center of it all. He's our main purpose. So every time an iChurcher sees our logo, they're reminded of the passion, the love, the service, the totally in, the orderly, the radical, the approved, and the logistical that God was when he was here on earth. And it represents us really strong. I'm passionate about it. I love it. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's good. That's good. Um, 
so we kind of touched on it just a little bit in, in the first little bit. You talked about as a leader, uh, in order to ins- inspire the people below you, you have to be passionate about it. And you begin to see a trickle effect almost come, come down below with those underneath you. Um, can you kind of expound on that? Let's say for me and my wife, we're over, you know, I do welcoming. She does information desk, you know, she does the blog and, you know, we've got the podcast for someone serving within your organization, you know, they, they've grabbed a hold of this. How can they also inspire others within the organization? You know, the new members that are coming in. Um, you know, I, I, I got this question before, um, I'm, before I'm here, so I'm not this smart. I, don't, I didn't have this to everybody out there. I got the question in a couple hours earlier, and and when I read the question, it it was an awesome question. I love the questions you come up with. I don't come up with the questions. Okay, um, Nate does all the questions. I just answer them, and it was a really good question. I'm glad you asked that because I believe that people listening to this podcast right now, and people inside our church, and in every organization or work atmosphere, at some time feels discouraged or feels they aren't doing anything or enough. Mm-hmm. It's a constant feeling, and here's where I'm going with this: Who put the feeling there? If I asked you random, I said you you feel like how do you feel today? How do you feel right now? Feeling good. Feeling good. Who put that feeling in there? I did. You did. So when you feel sad, who put the feeling in there? I did. And when you feel excited, who put the feeling in there? I did. Right. Now, people could motivate you and could provoke it because some people, you know, get you upset, (laughs) piss you off. Some people make you happy. Some people make you – like when you see your little boy, you see him, he makes you happy, right? Just when you look at him, you know? And there he is, your champ, and he just brings a smile to your face. But ultimately, he could could influence how you feel inside, but your feeling inside is provoked by you. So what, so you're saying, Pasha, how, what do you, so what does it have to do with my question? My question is, how do I inspire the people that surround me? How do I get others motivated on what I've been motivated on? That's it. You have to be motivated first. Mm. Look at this, there's Bible, this Bible verse in Romans chapter five, verse seven. It says, um, it says, it says, I'm reading from verse six. It says, for at just the right time, the Roman 5 says 6, for those that are, want to check it out later, 6, 7, and 8. It says, for at just the right time, while we were still powerless, look, I was powerless, I was feeling bad, Christ died for the ungodly. It is a rare indeed for anyone to die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. Now stop, think about that for a second. Think about somebody you don't like. All right, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Nobody wants to admit you don't like anybody, but there are people you don't like at work. There's family. I have a couple of family members I don't actually like, and you don't like these people, but here it is. To die for your son because you love him, that, that you'll take a bullet for him. To die for somebody you don't like, that's a hard one. Why did Jesus do it? He did it because he believed inside of him that was needed. He he created that feeling inside of him. And because he created it inside of him, he was passionate about it. Today, you and I sit here in front of a microphone doing a podcast from a Christian-based organization that he inspired. So look at the power of his inspiration. He was so convicted inside that he was able to inspire everybody around him. The person at the information desk, the person at the welcome center, the person behind the podcast, the person, you got to be excited. You want to see companies that fail, I'll look at their leader. He mm-hmm. probably wasn't 
passionate about what he did. Now, it's not always the case. There's other cases that reasons companies fail and organizations fail. But you got to believe in your product, man. You don't believe in it. It's not going anywhere. You got to be doing what you're doing and say, you know, I'm going to find the best in this and I'm going to be great at it. That'll inspire people. And I know that's the answer that most people weren't expecting to hear. But whatever you're doing right now, I don't know what it is, but whatever you're doing in ministry, if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, if you're a minister, if you're a deacon, whatever it is, are you passionate about what you're doing? Do you believe in what you're doing? If your answer is no, it's not going to inspire anybody. You could fake people out. You could make them smile, but you're not going to change their life. Wow. Man, that's good. Um, Taking that and just... Going a little bit further, uh, instead of just inside of our organization, how do we inspire those outside of our organization to grab a hold of the vision that we're now inspired with? That's good. The people around you are going to be um, similar to you. Okay, so let me explain that. You, you're at information desk and people walk to church. You have a common denominator. You're both in church. That's easier because they're just because they showed up means that there's something they want there. I was talking to the assistant manager of one of uh, a member of our church. She's a manager at a McDonald's store, and I was talking to her yesterday. And I told her, um, you know, we're we're contemplating and we're, we're we're looking at the possibility of someday her being with us in our organization, and and um and we're just you know we're we're, we're looking at it. it's not going to be now, but it, it'll be someday. And I told her, she said, I told her, there's something you need to understand when you cross from McDonald's to here. And the difference is people go to McDonald's because of the hamburger or the shake or the ice cream. In this organization, a church, people come because of Christ, which is is, is the real answer. But this is how it works. They come because of you. Because they don't see Christ right off the bat. They see you. So when somebody, what I'm trying to say, when somebody comes to church, they see you. That's something you could take out on the street. Your testimony, your living testimony, your your life example is going to make people follow. You know, I get this question asked, asked all the time, Nate. How do I get my coworkers to come to church? How do I get my family members to come to church? How do I get somebody to come to Christ? You got to stop knocking on doors. Stop, stop, stop handing out tracts. They, they've been handed out. Stop pestering them and bothering them. Dude, they got to see your excitement. They got to see your real example. Mm. Do you inspire? Does your lifestyle represent God? Does it? Here's another one I want to share with you. And this is this is really, I love this one. This is the best example of all. I mean, I'm going to ask you right now, um, Nate, have you been baptized in the water? Yes, I have. You have. And watch this. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. He went to be baptized. Jesus, all right? But John tried to deter him, saying, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, I I need to be baptized by you, and you coming to me? What are you, crazy? Jesus replied, verse 15, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. When did John consent? When Jesus wanted to set an example. Here's the question. Do you set an example in front of those that surround you, even when you think it's not necessary? Jesus didn't have to be baptized, but he set an example. Do you set an example? You know, do you, are you in the forefront? Do your coworkers, do your family members, do they look at you? Do they want to be like you? If they want to be like you, they will try to find that common denominator and end up where you're at. That's what I believe. Mm. That's awesome. Well, guys, 
we're going to kind of wrap it up. I just want to say thank you so much, Pastor Carlos, for um, just coming and hanging out with us a little bit and uh, just dropping some real knowledge on leadership. Uh, and I feel like this podcast was awesome. I know it's opened up my eyes and opened up my mind to how to approach um, uh, even how I'm going to be at the information desk on Sunday and doing welcoming. Uh, we're excited for you guys to listen. Check us out. Uh, if you haven't listened to our earlier podcast, please check those out and uh, hit up our website and check out the logo. It's awesome to be out here listening, to talking to you guys. We love you and bless you. And I don't know everything, but I love sharing with the little things I know. And remember to do a share, a like, put this on your Facebook, and give us your review on iTunes. We love you. We bless you. And Mr. Nate, thank you for being here. Yeah, man. Love you guys.